Oh my gosh, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and I love you. It's me, Mackin. That's my new unofficial catchphrase is hello and I love you. I've been trying it out over the last couple weeks. And also a couple taglines for the show. Happy Sad Talk Thing, a podcast for no one. Happy Sad Talk Thing, Hardcore Chit Chat. Those are the two. Those are the two I like the most. Guys, we've got a great episode today. I'm just going to get right into it. Um, so my friend Jack's on the podcast today. We went to middle school together. He's a, a nice, cool guy. And uh, we were big fans, as we will discuss, of Death Cab for Cutie as 11-year-olds or whatever. And, um, you know, you fools know about me. I uh, live in Los Angeles doing music and stuff and uh, generally spending my days, uh, you know, noodling on the guitar and doing shit like this. And Jack is a Marine. So we have all this overlapping life experience and then we have all this different life experience. Um, And it's interesting because the world that I walk around in is just so far removed from the military. And I like only think about it in terms of like the institution, um, like the government, war, just kind of like larger abstract removed concepts. And we don't, we don't talk about that really on this interview, in this interview. That wasn't really my goal. My goal was to try to get to know what it's like on an individual level and what it, what it's like for my friend Jack. Um, so we're not going to debate the role of military in the world or like specific, you know, foreign uh, policies. Um, just talking to my friend Jack about what it's like to be, uh, have, to have been a Marine because it's, uh, having like, you know, grown up with them and related to him and, uh, and then wanting to see like what that person that I knew then, uh, would think about and, uh, going through all his experiences, what made him want to join the Marines, what it was like. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it all in the interview, but, uh, I, I spent a lot of my time thinking about the military and like, from like a political standpoint, and this isn't necessarily a political conversation, just, just getting y'all ready for this. Um, just getting to know my friend Jack. Um, and... I put him on the spot a few times um, with some more uh, just asking like some kind of uh, more in- more intense questions, I guess, about things going on inside of the military. There were like, a- I guess, a couple moments and I really <laughs> I was listening back to it. And I was like, oh, I just kind of dropped a-, <laughs> a couple big questions on him. 
<laughs> and didn't do a very good job of the host of like jumping in and uh you know trying to make the conversation more comfortable and turns out my friend Jack is great and awesome and just like shared some really eloquent thoughts about some some challenging uh subjects that we'll get into uh it's also interesting because I caught up with my friend Jack over the phone uh, before we did this podcast, and then I was like, oh, we should do a podcast, and there was some times in the podcast where I was like trying to recap the phone call, and overall, I think it's a great podcast. I think you guys are going to love this one, um, but I, uh, it's just interesting, like, as this uh, podcast has been for me just an experiment in conversation and like being present and trying to, yeah, follow the moment and stuff. And so I found myself trying to like recap this conversation that we already had, which I wanted to have more of and uh, put it on this podcast. But it was also like, part of me was like, oh, I'm just like trying to, re like, I already had this conversation. And I think I f it felt a little less like I was trying to recapture that moment that we had on the like conversation we had on the phone. And uh, so I have no regrets as I have no regrets at, at all in my life. Um, but uh, yeah, just an interesting thing for me of like trying to yeah find find more things in the moment and how to like authentically talk about something for the second time um but uh i gotta stop talking or i'm gonna die here's a conversation with my my friend jack he's also an awesome songwriter and musician we talk about his band and stuff like that and uh his experience being jack and being a marine um and uh that's all I gotta say, sweet ones. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, and enjoy this episode. Bye! Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad Is that an upright piano in your room? Yeah, yeah, it is. That rocks. It is. It is like my probably. I'm not a very like. I'm not tied to a lot of like possessions, but that is my prized. That is my prized possession. I would say. Yes. Is the. I'm gonna ask you about it on the podcast. So fucking get ready. And I got you recording. Counting. I am. I better turn off this metronome, though. Oh, yeah, totally. That is the classic. Unless yeah. you want to wrap your whole side of it. Hey, you asked me to. Let's start a rap uh, podcast. Don't make me rap. Don't, make, don't, me, make, me rap. don't make me rap. <laughs> That'd be a sick name for it, too. Oh, don't make me rap. Don't, don't make, make me rap. Me rap. Jack!
<laughs> What's up, man? How are you? Dude, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm 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 excellent. I'm excellent. I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. I've never been on a podcast I'm nervous. before. Yeah. Nice. I don't think I've seen you in since we graduated from middle school, maybe. So close, but it was close to then. But no, I came to your band, your high school band's show in your garage. Oh, oh, the ragtags. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, what I a shout out to, to the ragtags. Absolutely. Yeah. The ragtags garage show is awesome. Wild. Legendary. Yeah. Hey, thanks, man. So it must be back. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Probably, probably about a decade. Yeah, that was definitely 2011 or 20, no, it's, that's 2010, sometime around there. So yeah, decade, a full decade. How was your decade, man? It's uh, it ebbed and flowed. It was, it was. <laughs> you had ups and downs. Were, there were years. There were years in there. There <laughs> <laughs> was time. Uh, time went by, and things happened. You know. That's true. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's been a great episode, and Jack, where can we find you online? <laughs> um, I want to talk about a few things. Like, it's it's so fascinating. Like to go through middle school with somebody. I want to talk about middle school for sure. Absolutely. I want to talk about music because I know we both make music, and I got to listen to your music today, and I really fucking liked it, man. It was really good. Oh, hey, thanks, man. Thanks for listening. Of course, and I also want to talk. We have such different, so like that overlapping life experience I want to talk about. And then I'm also just, we caught up on the phone the other day. So I'll probably yeah. ask you some of the same questions just because it's so interesting. The different please, life experience. Please don't actually, because I, 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 I refuse to okay. have the same conversation again. So That's okay. <laughs> Look, I invite we... you on the show and you just say all this stuff. I mean, what, what do you think this is? You know, <laughs> I was actually recording our phone call the other day, so I may just play that here. <laughs> That'd be good. We can analyze. Yeah. Our own, uh, yeah. I'm recording all the time. My whole life is content. It's all monetizable. Not monetized Absolutely. yet, but it might be able to be, maybe. <laughs> a lot of potential energy there. That's what they call that, potential energy. I was thinking about this earlier today. I have, just in terms of us as adult people, you being a part of the military and having served in the military and, and serving currently in the military? Yep, yep. Word. That is like a fascinating difference in life experience. And I just think that, that I want to just hear. I'm just so curious about what your experience has been in the military as a, as a member, as a Marine. And yeah. uh, how that relates to all of your individual experience. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's um, <clears throat> it 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 in some way like colors every part of our, of my life. Like it's, you know. I think in, a lot of people like to hope that they can keep um, like work-life balance, right? People talk about work-life balance and they talk yeah. about compartmentalizing their work from their life, right? Right. Outside of work. And they don't want to take work home, stuff like that. And I don't want to like make it sound all like dramatic and stuff, but like it is different. I think being in the military, it's it's harder sometimes sure. to, to separate work-life balance because, um, you know, I haven't done anything dangerous or anything at all. Um, like, like noble or anything. I haven't deployed, you know, I've been stateside my whole, my whole contract so far. Wow. Um, you know, so I, I've, I've gotten some cool training and I've, I've gotten some great opportunities to like learn 
um, skills that I never would have, but like the majority of what my experience has truly been has been being just like a mentor and a, um, a, a leader to young enlisted Marines. Um, so like as an officer, that's, that's like my, that's my role basically. Um, and that's with it. that, you know, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a, like amazing opportunity to be able to do that. And, um, is that your official like role and title? I don't want to get it wrong. You're an officer, Marine uh, officer. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I was a platoon commander for a year and now I'm a Word. company executive officer. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm going to be a company commander soon here and I'm Fuck on, yeah. like a, like a temporary company commander. Cause my company commander is moving to another job, but um so yeah it's all of those are like the official <laughs> the official terms commanding and it's that makes it sound super cool and it's not at all um <laughs> I'm, I'm they say like when you take command and you like picture like a spaceship and the command you know somebody taking command of a, of a vessel or something you know <laughs> like but it's, yeah it's a command you know a command of a platoon of marines that whose job is to like create intelligence products um so it's very like nerdy and uh and and desk focused but Mm. that's that's been my experience it's just been being like a, a mentor and, and kind of like a coach to these young like a lot of them like 18 19 year old kids some of them are older than me some of them are my age whoa um, you have marines yeah. that are older than you they're oh, like yeah, under your watch yeah like my you know my senior enlisted marines that i've had have been like 38 like whoa <laughs> like, and you're saying what yeah. are you saying to them <laughs> <laughs> That's like definitely a tough part of the dynamic. I like, I mean, it's, right. it, well, I shouldn't say it's tough because it's like, as long as you're not, am I, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? What, yes. what is this? The radio or, okay. <laughs> so as long as you're not a total fucking, you know, asshole, like, right. like it's not actually hard to, to navigate that dynamic because you should recognize that as like a junior officer who's 22 years old, 23 years old coming out of college, like, you know, nothing compared to what these guys who have been in the Marine Corps for 15, 18 years know. So like, Oh, interesting. Yes. Like, yes, you're in charge of them. Like you're, you're the decision maker, right? Cause like, that's what you get trained to do is make decisions. Okay. But you're not the subject matter expert. Like they are. So mm. in, in most things you're going to defer to them. You know, like the call is yours at the end of the day about what your section does, but you well, should always, always listen to your senior enlisted. Like that's the number one, number one piece of advice young officers get. So that's the um, term for people that are have been in enlisted longer than you have senior senior enlisted. Yeah, or just any any enlisted who are like have been in a long time. They're just casually referred to as senior enlisted Marines. Like yeah, like, or staff like senior staff like enlisted staff officers. Right. So staff non commissioned officers are like. Staff sergeants, gunnery sergeants, master sergeants, first sergeants. Those are all the, the rank titles for um, staff non-commissioned officers. And then I'm a commissioned officer. So it's that's the difference is the commission. Okay. Wow. That must be, yeah, that must be a fascinating dynamic. Like being yeah. younger, but being trained and being someone's superior officer, but also recognizing their experience. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot of asking questions, you know, it's just like, it's, it humbles you quick and that's as long as you can like accept that, then that's the, you know, it's not that bad. It's, it's actually an amazing opportunity to learn from somebody with incredibly different life experience than you and mm. a wealth of, of knowledge that you don't have. So yeah. Word. I please let me know if I'm asking any of these questions ignorantly, because I really just know so little about the military. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, have no. you ever seen action? I'm th you probably get this question all of the time. This has to be the first <laughs> civilian question you get. Is you ever do war? <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely not. Absolutely not. No, the closest mm. thing I've, I've, you know, I, they try to make your training replicate the conditions of combat as close as they can. Mm -hmm. Um, with, and it, particularly with what my chosen like occupational specialty is, which was ground intelligence. Um, the training pipeline I have to go through involves a pretty, pretty tough, like 12 week, um, school called infantry officers course, which is like, they say it's one of the closer, um, you know, they try to, it's one of those schools that gets pretty, it does a pretty good job getting close to what combat is like, but it's certainly still like, you know, if this is combat over here, right? Like, and, and this is training over here, like even the best training, um, is, is only going to get you like, you know, like halfway there word There's for the podcast maybe, listener. Maybe uh, Jack was holding his hands about a foot apart <laughs> and then and then narrowed them to about six inches apart. So just picture a Subway sandwich and go from there, everyone at home. That's um, a good piece of advice for, for anything, really. Just, <laughs> hey, if you, and you can use that tip whenever, everybody. Just picture a Subway sandwich. <laughs> Take a deep breath, deep breath, Subway sandwich. <laughs> I, okay, I want to hear so much about those specific things that you were mentioning, um, but... Also, okay, well, how do I want to ask these questions? Maybe we'll start with middle school, but I want to know, like, what I, I you mentioned briefly why you joined the 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 Marine Corps on uh, yeah. the phone the other day. I definitely want to hear about that. But first, I'm curious if you ever played Call of Duty or like military video games, like when we were in oh, middle yeah. school. Oh, big time! Oh yeah, oh, which one? All over that. Call of Duty, like so, COD Four was the big thing. All the guys on my basketball yeah. team, like they played COD Four. Like everybody was playing COD Four. I feel like I feel like that defined a, a segment of your reality. Was whether yeah. you were spending time playing. I was like less interested in Call of Duty, and because I was bad at it, <laughs> and it was like the colors were not very fun, and so I really liked Halo because the colors were very fun. <laughs> I've actually heard excellent things about Halo. Yeah. Uh, listen, sick. Jack, <laughs> I can tell you about my love for Master Chief and Cortana. Yeah. Well, do. Please do. I'd, I'd let, let's great. just do that. <laughs> <laughs> listen, person that's been in the, in the real military, let me tell you about a fake this fantasy cartoon man that I like. You'd be surprised. The, the people in the military will worship all kinds of, you know, cartoons. And I mean, we have our, you know, we have very real heroes too that we pay homage to, but you right. know, the Punisher, like that Marvel character, John Bernthal plays him on, on the Marvel TV yes. show. Like he was a Marine and like, that's a massive, like, Marine's, oh, like fangirl all over, John, you know, John Bernthal's character word. and stuff. Yeah. I guess I like, that is like so interesting to me as I guess, yeah, just the, I guess I just never think about people in the military as like also being people and like fans of pop culture and like, and like you yeah. were a, a songwriter and a musician and just like that intersection is fascinating to me. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you. <laughs> yeah. I think you would enjoy, uh, having some enlisted Marines on your, on your podcast, just the crazy shit that some enlisted Marines say, just, I don't even know how to contextualize it. It probably won't make any sense, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> these kids, a lot of them are just like nerdy 18, 19 year old kids, you know, they're mm. just like, and they, they, you know, they finish high school. They don't want to go to college and they, they join the Marine Corps cause they want to blow shit up. And then they end up, sometimes they end up doing that. Sometimes they end up getting to blow shit up. And then sometimes they end up, you know, becoming a <laughs> map makers or imagery analysts or intelligence Marines, you know, so they, right. they just become super nerds and they spend their time like doing intelligence and then they go home to the barracks and they play video games. They listen to music. 
then like you know yeah they're they're just uh right they're just kids you know right damn that's wild did you so how like i'm curious from playing call of duty and then joining the military <laughs> was it like oh this is not like the game or like oh this is like the game this part or are those just completely <laughs> separate things no, I mean, there's those games are mad realistic, uh, you know, as far as like games go. I mean, I will say personally, like, so shooting, like shooting rifle. Yeah. I, I don't enjoy guns. I really don't. Like, I'm not a fan of guns. I don't own any. Um, and I don't enjoy shooting um, on the rifle ranges. And like when I was in training and we did these really complex, like dynamic rifle ranges with explosives and stuff like I, it's not really enjoyable. It's like it's very much work, you know, it's like, well, and it's not. It's not. That's me personally. There are some course, people who yeah. get off on that. They love that stuff. But right, yeah. Um, I guess I just assumed that would be the case. But it's it's interesting to yeah. hear about. It's like, oh, it's like a a thing I had to do. Totally. That I wasn't crazy about. Yeah, and I would say those things are very different from the game. Because <laughs> in the game, right. yeah. You 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 know you like. I guess what Call of Duty does a good job. Of, like when you know when you zoom in, you're, you you're trying to zoom in, look through your scope, um, and you know like you have a sniper rifle or whatever or, you know whatever and then you can hold your breath yeah and then you can land and eventually you, you don't you're not able to hold your breath anymore so the, the rifle goes all fucking uh it's all right. wobbly the sides get wobbly on you that that's actually a real thing i mean when you talk about marksmanship there's natural point of aim and your natural point of aim comes when you find your natural respiratory pause so you take a breath in yeah you breathe out and once you've you know breathed out that's when your heart rate is going to kind of even out and you're waiting for the space between the heartbeats, which is your natural respiratory pause when your body is at its most stable. And that's when you want to pull the trigger. Um, so it's kind of, they did a pretty interesting, you know, detailed job of that with Call of Duty, you know, with the holding your breath stuff. So there, there's there's parts of it that are realistic for sure. Word. Do you feel like that shaped in any way those games? Or I'm just curious, like, how you thought about the military before you were in the military? Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely did not think about it in the context of, of video games, definitely like war movies and stuff that I was like, there were war films I saw that made me feel like that'd be really fun. Like joining the military would be fun. But, Which ones? um, so saving private Ryan band of brothers were like my favorite ones. And this definitely also tied yeah. to like, you know, I watched those with my dad and stuff, but okay. I love those for sure. But Is your dad I, in the military, he was not, he was not, uh, um, <clears throat> None of my immediate family was. My grandfather was, though. And that was sort of more the real context I thought of the military in was I was always thinking about my grandfather because he was a Marine. Right. Word. So that was kind of my first, like, motivation to join was follow my grandfather's footsteps, kind of. Word. Well, I didn't know that. That's sick. So you'd watch war movies with your dad, and what about, what What did you see in the movies that you were, like, responding to, you think? I think I liked the idea, well... I think part of it was just the immature part. Like I just thought it looked cool. Like of <laughs> I thought course. it looked cool. That's a very real so, thing. Yeah. That uh, I feel I, as a yeah artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's real. But so I thought they looked cool. I mean, I thought that like the the like you know dynamics between people in the military. Like I thought those people were cool. Like I thought that that was right. a cool thing to be. Like yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. Word. And then what, so like, w when did it dawn on you 
Can you tell me the story about you deciding to become a Marine? Yeah, it's it sounds like a super dumb cliche story, but this is actually what happened. Um, so like, Hell yeah. I remember it. I remember it super vividly. Um, so there was like, there, there's always been, you know, in the back of my head, like my grandfather was a Marine, and so I, you know, I thought about that as a potential path, but it all it always seemed very far away. Did you know um, your grandfather? I did, like not very well, but I knew him. Uh, mm. Do you still with us or no? He no, no, he passed away Sorry right before that. I went in, into high school. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate Word. it. Um, yeah, right before I went into high school. So um, mm. I knew him kind of. He had sort of a strained relationship with my mom. He he was dealing with PTSD, undiagnosed PTSD his whole life. Damn. Um, and I'm had sure. a you know, really bad uh, alcohol addiction and that he never really was able to kick. And, and obviously uh, he died of lung cancer, so he had a pretty ser- you know serious nicotine addiction as well. So, you know, a lot of things that the military did not do well, you know, did do well for him and like things that, that set him up kind of for, for more pain later in his life. But right. um, he was definitely a good yeah. man and, and taught me things and, and, and inspired me, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, always kind of was in the back of my mind. And then I had gone to college, um, it was my freshman year of college, and I, I was not playing basketball anymore. And basketball was like a big part of my life up until college. It was like the thing I did. You know, it was like my thing. Yeah. I remember we used to, we used to talk about that in middle school. I'd be like, yeah. people would ask us like, how do you get good at stuff? And you'd be like, I remember one time you said you were like, well, because somebody asked you like, how are you so fucking good at base? Like, I remember <laughs> it. Like we were, all, we, were <laughs> we were on the the Catalina Flyer coming back from Catalina. Whoa, so this is a like, vivid how, memory. Like, the Catalina yeah, like, Flyer. How, do you remember how fun that wow. show was, dude? Playing poker on the Catalina Flyer. Dude, wow, I'm really getting some flashbacks right now. But yeah, I remember <laughs> you were you were really good, great at basketball. It was like the only thing I did, and it was the only time I ever felt moderately athletic in my life. So, it was like, but uh, somebody asked you that, you're like, "How are you so good at base?" And you're like, "This is what I do." It's like Jack plays basketball, I play base. Um, Whoa! Like you have a, a I have no yeah. memory of this. Word. <laughs> it made me feel really good. I was like, "Wow, Mac, and that's that yes. was nice of him." That was like, um, <laughs> sick. Nice, but uh, I, I didn't have that anymore in college, and I had actually just been dumped too by my like long term high school girlfriend, uh, who had like cheated on me, and that like was a very emasculating experience. Um, shallow, you know, I, that's a, it was like a shallow emotion, but I did. I felt very like um, weak and like not powerful, yeah. and like I wanted to like feel strong instead, and I wanted to like prove to people that I was strong, kind of. So like very shallow emotions early on, kind of driving me towards it, and yeah, but real started, and human. Uh, yeah definitely definitely i know we've Um, had different experiences but i've also been cheated on like kind of one slash two times um and i definitely like there was a lot of masculinity shit that got in that in the way of uh or that was just in the like emotional response to that stuff Um, did you feel it the same both times no one was in high school and it was like uh the the relationship had already kind of like collapsed mm. and it was just like, I remember, especially cause I was like 17 and I feel like so much of high school is like, um, uh, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> well, how am I supposed to respond as right. a, like, how is a guy supposed to respond? And right. so I like, remember like, I was really just sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I remember like talking myself into getting angry Mm. And I think I've shared this on this podcast before, but I remember Googling, and this is <laughs> this is maybe the most embarrassing thing <laughs> I've ever done, but I remember Googling how to break someone's jaw with one punch. <laughs> 
And then I've I just, certainly Googled that. I've, oh, absolutely. And, oh. I, and I was just, I've experienced no violence in my life whatsoever. <laughs> like, truly, it, you know, and that is, I've been lucky to not have any real life experience involved with violence. Um, but I was mostly just like sad. And then, and like wrote, like, I wrote very like angry songs that I look back on nice. now and I'm like, ugh, I was really, <laughs> I was really like upset. I don't know. I was working through some stuff. And Absolutely. Uh, the second time it happened was a couple years ago. And the person I was dating at the time like told me right away and we like mm. tried to work through it. And I kind of had the opposite reaction where I didn't acknowledge that it made me upset enough. And we like tried to move on too quickly. And then it like, I never got to that vulnerable place in that relationship again. And we had to break up. It was sad. Damn. But anyways, relatable in terms of like, oh, yeah. How am I supposed to feel about this? Right. Yeah. But How, what so was it like for you? Though, the, I, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I don't think I was as honest with myself uh, about the emotions I was feeling. Like, yeah. you know, the way you described that first time saying like that you, uh, you talked yourself into being angry. I mean, that's like a perfect like way to describe how anger is a secondary emotion, right? Like mm. that, that's a real thing though. You know, it wow. sounds like a cliche too, but you said like, I never you heard that sad. before. Yeah. I think that's a very real thing. Cause you were like, I was sad. Yeah. Talked myself into being angry and that's kind of how it works. Cause it's like, you're never just angry first. Anger comes from something else, you know? Mm. Um, it's usually a result of like pain or something that has made you feel one way and then you become angry sort of as a result of feeling that other way. So, Damn, Jack's it, laying yeah. it down on the podcast. <laughs> yes. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, well, I somebody certainly told me that and explained it way better to me. So that I rips. apologize to whoever that was. But um, for butchering that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was similar for me. Uh, I was definitely sad, but, uh, but wanted more to be angry because it felt it felt more manly to be angry than sad right felt yeah more, yeah felt like that so i started boxing um I, I like would walk two miles through like a rough neighborhood in my college town uh even though like i could have taken a bus but like i was like no i'm gonna walk and i'm gonna like go through the tough neighborhood and like see if anybody wants to mess with me like this is how dumb i was you know it's just like mm -hmm. i was so angry i was so so sad and then so angry as a result and then wanted to start doing something to like push myself and prove to people that I was tough. Cause like getting cheated on makes you feel weak and not tough. Um, mm. and then I was like walking back one day from boxing and I was talking to my mom on the phone and I was thinking like, wow, that was like some of the most painful, like two hours of my life. Like I was just getting like punched in the stomach, uh, like repeatedly. Um, Damn, but right now boxing? I feel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at box, yeah. And they're like doing this thing where, you know, you sit on the ground and they like, slam a medicine ball into your into your abdomen and it's just like horribly painful and something i was not ready for um <laughs> and but i felt so good i was like wow pushing myself in that way yeah. feels good and that feels like a thing that i want to i want to chase that feeling kind of and so i talked to my mom on the phone i was like i think i need to pursue this marine corps path you know maybe i won't even end up doing it but at least pursue the path in college and see what happens and then sort of just like found myself on that path and then stayed on it and realized it was what i wanted to do and then here we are you know Right. Yeah. But the reasons that you start, that's the reasons I started. I, I wanted to push myself physically. I wanted to prove that I was tough. Those aren't the reasons you stay. Like I didn't accept the commission because of those. I accepted it because of the people I had met. And I knew that I was going to meet more mm. awesome people. You know, people I met in training, I still talk to a lot of them. They're great friends of mine. And then people yeah. that, um, 
you know, they, I knew that I was going to get the chance to meet more people like that. And I knew I was going to get the chance to have a positive impact on young Marines lives, hopefully. So those are the reasons you stay, you know, there's a reason you join and there's a reason you stay. Yeah. I think that's, that's beautiful and human and heartbreak as a way in is like a really fascinating idea yeah. to me. And totally. also I'm curious to hear more about like, yeah, who are those people that you met? What, what was that experience like when you first went? Um, yeah, that type of thing. Uh, it was the summer after my sophomore year in college. It's officer candidate school is uh, one of the paths to commissioning as an officer in the Marine Corps. You go to Quantico, Virginia, in the summer. And uh, do you stop like, school, or do you like no, how does that work? It's just in the summers. So okay. you like do your application and stuff during the school year, and you're just like a regular college student during the school year. It's not like ROTC where you're like half in the military, half a college student. You're okay. Like completely, they kind of leave you alone completely during during the year. Interesting. And then in, in the summers, you uh, you just go and train. Did you think about yeah. other branches of the military, or you, you knew? Not really. I really where? didn't, to be honest with you. I was like, yeah. the Marine Corps was the only one that appealed to me because of that like lineage, you know, that of ancestry. Course. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> But that that training, that six week training, is like all the movies you've seen, where you're just getting screamed at by like a you know an enlisted marine staff sergeant screaming at you and telling you to run faster and do more push ups. It's like all those cliches, but it's good training, yeah. you know. What was that like you for tell. you? Total like the world changer. Like you know, it's like yeah. it's like when a when a dog walks into an elevator and then they arrive on a different floor. Like they have no idea how that happened. Like it's like, it's like whoa, <laughs> what a metaphor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> dog elevator damn <laughs> it's like uh yeah it's like you guys definitely went in one person and then they strip everything away from you right because they don't want you to be you really anymore um mm. they, they don't mind you like retaining your like your sense of self but at least temporarily they strip it away and put other things in there and see if they stick you know mm. and if they stick then good you have kind of have what it takes but the part of the becoming a Marine is accepting the Marine Corps values, right? Like you can retain your own values as long as they don't directly contradict the Marine Corps values. But if you have values like that are contradictory to those, then they don't, they're not going to let you in. That's not like a be whoever mm. you want to be. It's, it's be you, but we're going to decide if you is who we want. You know, there's, they're the gatekeepers, right? Right. Um, to and how did you feel about that at the time? And, and how do you feel about that now? I feel good about it because, but I felt good about it then and I feel good about it now because the way it was explained to me, it was like, you, like, you know, my platoon commander, the captain who's in charge of my group of, you know, Marine, a uh, group of candidates, officer candidates that I went through that initial training with was like, you know, you came here because you want to join us. And how would you mm -hmm. really want it to work, right? If you want to join us and because you think we're a prestigious institution, which we are, like, which the Marine Corps is, right? Objectively. Um, if you want to join that institution, like, would you really want it to be something where you come and you do whatever you want and you don't have to meet any standards? You don't have to be, you don't have to be able to run this fast. You don't have to be able to do this many pull-ups. You can just be like, do whatever you want. Would you really want to join an institution like that for this reason, mm. right? Um, like, probably not, right? Because part of the reason people want to be a part of things is because they want to feel like they belong and they want to feel like they um they made it, like they accomplished something by being let, you know, admitted to it. So it's like. Um, you know, those people there are there to see if you uh, are are something that the Marine Corps can can benefit from, kind of like right. And the the values the values that they're talking about are honor, courage, and commitment, which are very broad, <laughs> vague terms. No, yeah, I like, was going to ask you what those were and what those mean to you. Yeah, I think I mean really, with honor, courage, and commitment is just like the idea is 
honor can mean a lot of different things, but it's like, um, it's a very personal thing. It's like when you keep your own honor clean, it means that you do the right thing every as, as often as you can. Like every time you are faced with a decision, do you do the right thing or do you not, you know? And it's the training you get mm. and the, the, the lessons you get, those are enough along with your own life experience and inherent values. Those are enough to teach you what the right thing is, how to recognize the right thing in every situation. Cause you always know, um, some mm. situations are harder than others, but you always know. And so honor, I think is just doing the right thing every time. And I encourage is not the absence of fear, right? It's persevering in spite of the fear that, Again, so a lot, I'm full of cliches, man. I'm, I'm full. Dude, I got you're all the answering the questions <laughs> like a champion. I uh, appreciate it, man. I appreciate you sharing your experience. <clears throat> no, I, thanks for asking, man. It's, it's, I, I appreciate that. But um, tone down the gratitude over there, though. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that part in from the interest so people know yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so courage is not, uh, they're not asking you to never be afraid. They're just asking you to do your job even when you're afraid. And a commitment is just like, you know, it's, there are going to be times when you do not feel like doing your job. Like there are going to be times when you feel like curling up and going back to sleep and not getting out of your bag and in the morning when it's like two degrees out and you got to go patrol or, you know, whatever you're doing in training that day or get up and yeah. go, get up and go wait at the base magistrate where your Marine who got pulled over on base for speeding has to go at 5 a.m. to meet with the on-base judge. Like, you know, and you, he needs a representative from his platoon there. Like there's days when you don't want to do that shit, <laughs> but like, yeah. but you do it, but you do it every time you do it every time. Cause that's well, what being committed means, you know, co commitment is doing your job all the time, even when you do not feel like it. And that's going to be often sometimes <laughs> with some of the things. Damn. What time you wake up? I don't actually have to wake up that early. Usually I wake up at like five forty-five. Like it's not that bad. Like <laughs> that's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, I know people who wake up at like four thirty or four, you know, right. and they like get Word. in their workouts in the morning and stuff. It's like, I, I tried to do that for a while. Like wake up at five and work out. But like, it's just hard to sustain for me. Like sleep is yeah. just too important. So I'm, I'm yeah. lucky because I can work out uh, in the middle of the day. So, yeah. Do you have a, a structured routine as a result of going through that? No, it's not. Uh, it, like as, especially as an officer, like you, you can kind of dictate your own physical training schedule and like what you want to do because like that's part of the trust that you have as an officer is like they – they expect that you will stay in shape and you will be in better shape than your Marines. But um, mm. if you start slipping, like they will correct you and put you on a program. Like, Fascinating. Well, 545. Damn. <laughs> I just, my sleep schedule is so turned around. I do just think it is amusing just hearing about your routine and then just thinking about my routine and like, I woke up at 1130 <laughs> today. I took a karate yeah, class late? once. <laughs> <laughs> how late were you up, though? I mean, I my sleep schedule has been strange. I, I probably went to bed around 2, 2 or 3. Um, what time do you go to bed? Like 10, 15 or 10, 30. Like, I, yeah, that early, rips. You know, comp comparatively early, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely in college, I was staying up till 2 or, you know, whatever, but... It's not, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, if I don't sleep, I start. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not a good, Same I'm not here. a good person I, to be around. I'm, I don't understand like how, 
in middle school, I didn't sleep a lot. I would stay up watching Metallica interviews, and then I'd fall asleep in Mr. <laughs> Swagger's so class. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. I like didn't sleep very much in high school, and I guess I didn't sleep that much in college, and now I sleep a lot. Yeah. And if I don't get, if I even get like seven hours of sleep, I'm probably going to be like very upset. And it is like... Mm. I wished I didn't need all the things I needed, but yeah, I feel that just the way that it, it is. is. It, I don't like it when people try to put sleep in perspective and they go, God, you know, you spend a third of your life asleep. I'm like, shut the fuck up. No one needs to be reminded of this. Like, no one needs, it's like, what do you, you want spend an me eighth to do? of your life telling everybody that? Fact? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shit. And I'm going to spend this all of my life not being a friend. <laughs> <laughs> these are the fractions <laughs> yeah let's examine all the ways in which you are a douchebag <laughs> do you okay so i'm curious bringing it back to middle school and like tying these threads together not to reduce your identity into two boxes but i no, am curious do. about these threads Proceed. of the the death cat for cutie fan as mm. I was also, we were, I feel like, big Death Cab for Cutie fans together. Always will be. I got the, that poster right there. That's my Death Cab poster right there over the piano. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think we loved Death Cab for Cutie at age 10 and 11? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I know our parents were worried about us. Yeah. I know that they were concerned for, like, why are we sad boys? Like, why are we listening to this sad music about... It was all about like these complex dynamics in adult relationships that yeah. we have no context for understanding at all. That's what is that's what is so when I try to think about it and I was curious, I, I think that's the perfect way to describe what it is. And it's also yeah. like, well, I was I had no idea <laughs> about any of that stuff. But yeah. what do you think yeah. was it that that drew you to it? I don't know, man. I mean I think so okay, Death Cab was my first concert. That's, that could be a big part of it. Like I was yeah. not like that into music. And then I went to this concert. I saw Death Cab at the Hollywood Bowl with my family. And then like after that, I was like, oh, okay. Like, Incredible. Yeah. Your family so, took you? That rocks. Yeah. That I was extremely lucky with that. Like your first like first concert is Death Cab at the Hollywood Bowl. Like, okay, fuck off. Like Hello. That rips. Yeah. <laughs> Did you listen yeah. to music like with your family a lot? Yeah. Like that was my my exposure to music was entirely tied to like being in the car driving to and from school like my mom right. always was playing music my dad was always playing music in the car did they introduce um, you to death cab yeah yeah my dad listened what? to death cab a lot what? yeah my dad and my mom that's awesome <laughs> yeah. that's so that sick wasn't, that wasn't how it was for you no i mean i listened to music with my dad um my parents like like music but they weren't like actively seeking out music like my okay. dad really likes the rolling stones and the who and he actually, like, he was a big John Prine fan um, oh, okay. and, like, was, like, sing the praises of John Prine. So, like, I don't want to yeah. undersell their, like, appreciation of music, but they were, uh, they were just kind of, they, like, loved a lot of bands and stuff from the 70s and would kind of just, like, play those around the house. And so I have, like, a lot of great memories of, like, listening to classic rock and stuff with my dad or, like, singer-songwriter stuff or, like, 
maybe Bruce Springsteen or something. But the idea of like rocking out to some Death Cab with my dad sounds (laughs) so awesome and also so far from my experience. (laughs) I had an older cousin that we would play World of Warcraft and he, he played me some Postal Service. Okay, I feel that. I vibe that. If it, if it helps you feel better, I eventually drove my father insane, and he is today committed because of how much Death Cab that I made him listen to with me after that. Because, <laughs> like, I would... I oh, was, so he was, showed you, and, you were, and then you were like, you took it and ran with it. Every day in the car when he would drive me to school, it was Death Cab. And eventually he was like, can we listen to anything else, please? I'm begging you. Can we listen to a, any single <laughs> other thing? Like, <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Work. I was like, no, I don't want to listen to anything but Death Cab. Yeah. Do you, uh, this is a off, not necessarily off topic, but. Dude, I have not... to. What's up? Dude, my internet is fucked up right now. Let oh me switch God. internets real quick. I thought maybe you were just becoming blurry like in real life and that it wasn't the, not the actual. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm dude. I have a cold right now, so I'm real life blurry. <laughs> Do you like Death um, Cab's okay, last? I think I'm back. Can you hear me? Yes, we're I talking Death Cab. Exist. If you're just tuning yeah. in, we're talking Death Cab. We sure are. Do you like Death Cab's last two albums? Dude, I actually recently just listened to the entire discography from start to finish. And because wow. uh, they were, it was like, it's like one of my favorite bands. Ben Gibbard is such a like foundational influence for me. And I like was like, so I've been trying to do that with people where I'm like, I fuck with this person so hard. And there's like four records that I just never have heard and like yeah. EPs and shit and side projects. And so like, sure. like what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I like went through and there was a lot of earlier stuff that I, that I hadn't listened to. Like there's like a couple records in there. Like we have the facts and we're voting yes. And like, oh, yeah. um, I still haven't listened to the like all time quarterback stuff. I don't even know too much it's, about it. It's interesting. There's only, there's one record. I've, okay. I, I'd listened to it in high school. It's, it's like, it's interesting to hear his, like if you're interested in looking at like songwriting progression and like seeing how he got from one yes. place to another, that was my main, that was my yeah. main interest is just like seeing like him find his voice. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You're not gonna like. You're not gonna be bumping to all time quarterback. Sorry, Ben. Like I love you. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, but Ben, if you're listening to this podcast, I you're not. We're not gonna listen to all time yeah. quarterback for fun. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do think it is like fascinating. Like if you're obsessed with someone to like see the full picture of like them trying on different hats totally. and like figuring things out and like. So to answer your question, no, I don't really like them very much. <laughs> I think like yeah. I listen to them and like. There's that moment where like Chris Walla leaves the band, right? And that is like a, it, it is an interesting turning point. But also I do feel like, and this is like, you know, I love Ben Gibbard so much. Um, yeah. And I do think he has an interesting arc because there are certain people that in their late adulthood, you know, in like their, not late adulthood, but I mean like, you know, you're like a young band, you put out some records and then you kind of become like a successful adult. And then a, a lot of like songwriters will make less interesting albums at that point yeah. and kind of get, play it more safe and more safe or whatever. Right. And he, I do feel like is really thinking and feeling his way through that, through those albums. And he's really like, yeah. there are 
the production I feel like is all fucking awesome. It's really, really cool. Totally. It's like definitely like I feel like they're taking chances production wise and like you may not like like it, but I think it's like super well crafted and like even the songs, I'm just like, well, these are like well made songs and there are moments of like, like these are all good lyrics and I just don't care about them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't I know what it is. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I listen to the, I don't know if it's, at first I thought I was like, oh, maybe it's because I heard some of this stuff when I was younger, but like for me at least like so much of that early stuff, like the photo album and, and transatlanticism yeah. and stuff like that to me just yeah. like absolutely is incredible still and still speaks to me. And some of the newer stuff, it's like, it's a lot more hit or miss as it goes along. Yeah. Um, and it it's like, feel as emotional to me. There's not as word. much emotion in it to me. Word. Tell me about this. Like I, so, uh, what's that song? <clears throat> so Kintsugi is like the better example. I mean, I would say I totally agree about thank you for today being like immaculately produced. Um, like you can't, you can't produce better, like uh, produce music better, but I don't, I don't find an emotional connection to a single song on that record. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, but can there are some either. great lines and stuff. And if oh, it's yeah. just like, yeah. dude, I like, I don't, yeah. I could, I could, I could live not hearing any of those songs again. Hundred percent. There's a lot of Death Cab songs I I want to hear so many more times. (laughs) Yeah. If somebody asked me the opposite of like the Desert Island game, which is like an easier game for sure, but they go, "What records do you not need to hear?" Uh, (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. But like Kintsugi has one song that I find super emotionally charged, which is "No Room in Frame." Okay. And. I don't know if you remember it that well, but it's, it's I know I know it offhand. I don't I have probably listened to it two or three times. Right, right. It, it's essentially like it's pretty clearly about his divorce with Zoe De Chanel because it's right. talking about how like no room in frame. There's no room for two people in the shot, like you know with paparazzi or whoever taking a picture of two people. Like right. he feels like he's being pushed out of the picture because she's like this famous actress and she didn't have room in her life or her frame or whatever for him. Right. Um. That song has so much emotion in it and you can tell that because it's very real and there's a very public part of his life that was like a matter of objective record like right you know, she she divorced him and so like i think that like unfortunately i i've heard uh <laughs> i've heard jeff tweedy talk about this he says it's a very damaging mythology that um that the tortured artist is like a damaging mythology right that like to mm. make good music you have to be unhappy but unfortunately, mm. I think that all of Ben's best music <laughs> comes from when he has not been extremely happy. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that means that Jeff Tweedy's wrong, but, <laughs> but, I think, but I think it's evidence yeah. to the contrary for sure. I do think, I mean, it definitely is a world where like, I feel like depression is romanticized a lot, but sure. also like we live in a world where in like mental health, issues are things like it's it's becoming more comfortable and like we were talking on the phone the other day like i had mentioned i'd come from therapy and like yeah i'm lucky to live in a world where like the people that i talk to it's like not a big deal if you're in therapy and i forget that it isn't that way necessarily in every community and i'm like curious to hear especially about that in like in a military context or something (laughs) yeah absolutely um but anyways just to say that like they're also I've I've had toxic relationships with it myself where I'm like yeah kind of yeah. rationalizing my own uh either toxic behavior or like being 
being sad and thinking like this is the thing that makes me interesting or cool. And yeah. uh, the truth is, is when I'm very sad, I actually am not really very creative. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what I, I think you're cool all the time, man. Hey, Straight thanks, up. man. You are cool 100 percent of the time. All right. Thanks, I appreciate that. All that to say is like, I you know I'm on I, I there's a lot of treatment that is out there, and then I I have like. Yeah recovered from a lot of that depression stuff and i still yeah, deal with it but it's uh i think i used to be a lot more depressed and mm-hmm. now i'm less depressed because i'm like in therapy and like on medication and shit and not saying that like yeah. medication's right for everybody but it's good for me and i also feel like i can still write songs <laughs> oh totally no but maybe i'm wrong <laughs> maybe my songs are <laughs> shitty now <laughs> <laughs> No, I think, yeah, the, I think that really the truth does end up bearing Jeff Tweedy out, which is that it, that is a damaging mythology, and it's yeah. not always the case. There are so many amazing songs that are happy songs. Like, like the first one that always comes to mind for me is The Cure, Friday I'm In Love. Like, mm. that man is so happy in that song. Yeah. Like, that is a wonderful song. Do you, you listen know? to The Cure a lot? You like The Cure? I love The Cure. I love The Cure. I, I need to listen to more. Like, I... You know, I, but I've, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to get more into The Cure. That's like a, a band I'm interested to get into that I've never really been able to penetrate. Boys Don't Cry. My dad played Boys Don't Cry for me on the way to school one day in high school. And I was like, after that, I was like, okay, The Cure were fucking rocks. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. I w- okay. So Ben Gibbard gets divorced. Then he makes a solo record, question mark? Or he makes that Death Cab yeah. record? No, it was both. So yeah, he made... It was 2011 was Codes and Keys, which was the last record that he made while he was married. And then yes. between Codes and Keys and Kintsugi, which was 2015, I'm showing off my encyclopedic knowledge of- I love this. Uh, Death this <laughs> <rips>. <laughs> 2015 was Kintsugi, and they got divorced sometime in like 2013, 2014. So. I remember and around then, the time of that happening, like talking to some of my Death Cab fan friends, and we were like, okay, here it comes a good, here it comes a, he was too happy on that Codes and Keys record. Exactly. Here comes a sad <laughs> <Yeah>. record. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I was I, thinking the same. I think that there are some like great moments, but I kind of wish like, man, like if <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like, oh, him being sad, make good record. I like there there are tracks on those albums that I think are really great, but yeah, no, totally. But I just listened to the totally. Teenage Fan Club cover album. Um, oh, Bandwagon esque. Yeah. yeah, I listened to it today for the first time, and. Motherfuckers, did he produce that record? I think he did, yeah. Dude, motherfucker rules at recording. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So 100%. good. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a big fan club guy? You like fan club? I've never li- really listened to Teenage Fan Club. Oh, um, dude, I think you would love fan club. That rips. I really think you would. I was listening to yeah. your stuff because I've heard that, I've heard uh, him mention Built to Spill and Teenage Fan Club as huge influences. Yeah. And then I was listening yeah, to yeah. your records today, and I was like, whoa, I can really hear... I've listened to more Built to Spill than I have Teenage Fan Club. But I was really hearing yeah, those like yeah. organically shown up in your songs and your recordings, which was sick. Oh, it's like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me in my entire life. So. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I felt it. It was sick. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, Built to Spill fucking rocks, man. That is absolutely... like Talk about songs that um, that you feel like the, the... Just like the emotional... like Yeah. Like someone is, someone is straight up telling the truth when they are singing this song. Right. Um, Carry the zero, built to spill. Uh, I fucking love that song so much. Dude, that song rips. And I love how there's no structure. 
it's it's a two verses, a long guitar solo in the middle of the song, and then another yeah. verse slash outro, and that's it. And it's my probably my favorite song of all time. If I had to choose one, yeah, it's, it's up there for Damn. sure. I'm gonna listen to that after this. Oh, it's so been a minute, but I I gotta get more into that. <laughs> I gotta get more into them even still. Um, oh, me too. Yeah, I still I've only listened to like half their records. So yeah. So how does so songwriting guy? I'm curious, like two kids that are Death Cab fans, and then like, how does the indie head, Death Cab, sentimental songwriting part of you, the identity, when you mentioned going to the Marines, and not that those things are uh, incongruent, but I'm curious how those, how that part of your identity exists at that time. When did you start writing songs is maybe a better question. Oh, um, yeah. <clears throat> that was high school for me was when I started writing songs. It was like, Fuck I didn't yeah. start playing guitar until eighth grade. Um, Where? And like, but I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't even used to tell people I played guitar. I didn't feel comfortable saying like, yeah, I play guitar until like the end of my freshman year in high school. Because like, I was so bad. <laughs> I was, I mean, I still think I'm bad at guitar, but like, <laughs> but like, I, <laughs> but like, I, you know what I mean? Like I didn't really play guitar until, yeah, like end of my freshman start of sophomore year of high school, but I was started like writing some of the most horrible songs ever written, um, in, in yes. high school. Uh, that's why I love just as I know I keep going off topic. I'm all over. I'm the worst podcast cast guest of all time. I Dude, not well, this, is what, this is anything that pod, this is all that podcasts ever are. And this is all that my podcast <laughs> ever is like ideally. So I, yeah, I love but the detours, man. No worries. It's, it's always fun for me to get into debates with people when they're like, and I think we talked about this on the phone, but it was like, is there music that's objectively bad? And like, sometimes I'm in a place where I'm like, I, I like to say like, there's no music that's objectively bad, but then I'm like, hold on. I think there is because I know I've written some pretty bad songs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, there are bad songs. That is such a thing. Damn. I know because I created some. There were some that came out. They came out of my brain and into the world, and they're bad. Damn, that's so funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've written a lot of bad songs. I think I've written a lot of mediocre songs, and that to me is somehow more heartbreaking. <laughs> There's almost something more impressive about making something truly bad. It's really bad. It's like it's like it can become funny at a certain point, and there's some like yeah, there's some there's something there that's like wow, there's something to marvel at. Mediocre yeah. is just like eh, okay, sure, tragic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you you've also written some um, incredible songs. So hey, thanks, there you go. thanks, yeah. I appreciate that. So this songwriting part of you, and then you join the military. Are you writing songs through this heartbreak as well that you mentioned? Yeah, I did. I wrote, I think I really only wrote one at the time because that was definitely a time when I was like, like, I don't, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like, I don't, when I'm feeling like my most like raw emotional state, like when I'm feeling incredibly like sad yeah, or incredibly like something. I don't, a lot of times, I don't have, like, the will or, like, the energy to, like, Hell no. put that into art, into music. I want to like, get high that. and play video games. <laughs> I, 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 dude, I, so, yeah, straight up, like, I, like, a month and a half ago, I, or, like, so three months ago, I started seeing this girl, right? I was going to ask was if there like, was romance in your life. Well, uh, yeah, there was, uh, <laughs> until recently. Oh, uh, and it was, like, a month and a half ago, it's, she called me one night, and she was like, hey, it's like, sorry, I can't. I can't like be anything more than friends with you right now. And like, I was like, 
you know, I totally understand. And like, I was like, needed to get off the phone. Cause I was like about to just like, I didn't know like what to do with this energy. I hadn't felt this way in so long. Yeah. And I was like, I oh, got, I was really into this girl. Like, I thought she was amazing. I still do. But like, uh, a, I'm sorry. To I, that, I didn't man. know what to do. Oh, I appreciate it, man. But it's, I, you know, I think a lot of people think when they think of a songwriter, they're like, Oh, you probably sat down at your piano and started <laughs> writing a song. And I'm like, no dude, like what I did. And this is kind of, we'll circle back to your question, right. About like the difference between the two things, like, you know, the, part of me in the military and the part of me that's a, a musician and an artist is like, I didn't sit down on my piano and play music. I put my headphones in, I put my running shoes on and I went for, I, I was in an all out sprint, uh, like <laughs> for like an hour, yes. like that's that the rips. only thing I could do with that energy was like, get it out physically somewhere else. Like that energy, I, yeah. I don't know if there's people who are able to like, I keep backing away from the mic, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's people who are able to do that with their energy when they're feeling it that raw in the moment put it, and put it change, transform that energy into art right then. But like, I can't, I, I don't have whatever that is. So I, I went and ran and I came back and yeah, like I, you know, three weeks later, rip. I don't run that much, but like I definitely in high school was doing more running, but yeah, I feel like that is maybe some of the most emotionally like healing times is runs. Dude, it is. It so is. It totally is. I don't know why. I, I really love don't. emotional runs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's like, that's, it's kind of the, the difference is like, I, I will go for a run when I'm feeling uh, like overcome with emotion kind of, cause it's a way to like get it out. And yeah. um, that's the part of me that I tap into to push myself like with things in the military, like when I was getting ready to go to that really hard training, you know, and guys, you know, it was about half the class that didn't make it through. Like the part of me that I turned to, to try to become stronger and be tough and get grit through stuff is right. that same part that goes for the run when I'm feeling the pain. Right. Yeah. It's, and then there's this completely separate part that's like feels motivated to create art and make music. You know, it's, there's this completely right. diverging things that are not related to each other. Yeah. Not the, not in a way that I recognize, at least. Right. Man, it's interesting. Like, not, like, I spend, like, most of my time uh, making music and stuff, which is, yeah. which is nice. And it's, like, or, like, getting into my feelings and, like, finding yeah. the sensitive part in, like, the world that I'm in. It's, like, it rewards that, you know, where it's, like, I mean, sometimes I like wish I was less sensitive, or I wish I was, you know, that type of thing. But I'm curious where, and and maybe that it's like a dumb way that I'm thinking about the military as like unemotional. I'm sure it's very emotional, and I guess I'm curious about like a mindset that it takes to like succeed in that context versus succeeding in like an artistic context, and right. where those things overlap, and how you like retain that sensitivity that it takes to be creative and write songs and stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Shit. <clears throat> that question just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Uh, there was a <laughs> the question, question in there somewhere. It was kind of <laughs> yeah. some talking, but I'll, let's put a question mark at the end of the paragraph. Yeah. No, I'm I think I'm vibing. Uh the so I think it's there's a couple parts of it. It's like part of the question is like how do you retain the sensitivity required to like tap into your own emotions while also like potentially having to bottle your emotions a lot with your job. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to do yeah. that? 
Do yes, you feel like sensitivity yeah. is something that where it's like, okay, I, I, let me let me overcome. It's like something to be overcome. Yeah, in certainly. a military context, it's, it definitely is, and it's it's because uh, yeah, especially when you're training, and then you know even even to the in the day job sense now, it's uh, it's not you know. It's a place where, like, if you're jacked up and you're fucking something up, someone's going to tell you. <laughs> they're right. going to tell you, and they're going to say, like, "Hey, this is this is embarrassing. You should be embarrassed about how bad this is." Like, you know, figure right. it, figure it the fuck out. Like, um, mm. so, like, yeah, the sensitive. You have to, you have to be able to separate that sensitive part of you, and and just retain, just realize that that person is actually telling you that because they want you to get better, and that's right. like a, a regular life lesson too. But it's a lot more pronounced, I think, in in the military where people are not afraid of like. Being having a complaint filed against them because they told somebody that they were completely fucked up, you know. Right. So like that that part for sure. But um, I yeah, I've, uh, there was a time. Maybe the best way to answer this is to say like I I was looking through my voice memos the other day, um, which is where like if I'm you know when I'm sitting around playing guitar like that's where I put like all my you know like, oh yeah uh, all my like ideas right if I have an idea for a song or whatever it's all in the voice memos. When I was at that school, the really the tough one that I went to, that was from uh, April of uh, 2019 through June of 2019, and there was not a single voice memo made in that span of time. Like at all other times in my life, every month there's like three or four, maybe more, ten, like you know, right for November, December, April to June of 2019, there was not a single one. Right. Um, Because I had just, I didn't pick up my guitar once. It was in my room. I lived in a barracks room. You know, we spent a lot of time out in the field, you know, like in the woods and stuff, like whole weeks at a time, not sleeping inside. But like, even when I, but even when I was like on the weekends and stuff, or, you know, we were just in the classroom, like, you know, I, when I would come back to my room, I would not pick up my guitar because it was just not in, I didn't have that, that will right there. I didn't have that energy or that I didn't have the luxury of time, like, getting tied into my emotions and like letting myself feel things. Cause I think I was worried that if I did, I would like break under the pressure, you know? Right. Yeah. That makes so, a ton of sense. Yeah. 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 You mentioned on the phone, you also have this role as like someone that people can report to if there's yeah, like yeah. some sort of like <clears throat> trauma or like sexual misconduct or am I, Am I mischaracterizing yeah, exactly right. that? What is no, the... that's 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 exactly right. Yeah, sexual assault prevention and response victim advocate. That's fucking sick, and like that. It's a good gig. Yeah, it obviously seems like something where it seems like it's harder to talk about your feelings if you're in the military. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's true. Yeah, it is, man. Uh, I mean, that in, in that sense, like it's good that we have those advocates, but it's it's. Uh, it is telling that it is a whole separate job. It's a whole separate, like it's not my only job in the military, but it's a whole separate thing, like a whole separate course I have to go to to get credentialed to have that. And the important part is that you have to get trained in order to be trusted with confidentiality. So the fact that that exists is telling because it's like Marines won't feel comfortable just telling anybody that they've been assaulted sexually. They won't, they really will will go to someone who they know can keep it confidential because if they tell someone in their chain of command, their chain of command is all mandatory reporters. So they have to pass it up. And then unwanted attention is on that Marine, you know, if they don't, and you know, there's the Marine Corps is just like the rest of society, except for usually the Marine Corps lags a little bit behind mm. by a cup, by a little, a little bit, a uh, big institution. That's, you know, like an old fashioned thing, like war fighting organizations are old fashioned by definition, right? War has been mm. around a long time. 
Um, and so we're not like a progressive institution. We are, a, we are, you know, outdated by always by a couple of years. We're always trying to get to catch up to society, but we're always a little behind. And, uh, Interesting. and you know, that as we know, like mainstream society is still not great at, um, believing, uh, victims of sexual assault. Yeah. And like standing and supporting them. And so. Right. Even progressive is, institutions. Exactly right. Exactly right. And so right. you can imagine that there are, you know, if somebody, if people, you know, Marines become aware that a Marine has, uh, another Marine that they know has, you know, filed a a charge, like has claimed that they were sexually assaulted, you, you, know, you should hear some of the things that those Marines will say. Um, and that's, right. it's my job to like to crush that and to, to admonish those Marines and ensure that they understand that that's not acceptable and that that's ignorant. Uh, to like victim blame or to, you know, not believe the, right. Know, the, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's certainly a, a, an aspect of it, you know, and, and I applaud the Marine Corps for trying to get better at it. They really do. They do. Like right. the, the, the Sapper program is great. And like, I, uh, the I'm, program? I'm glad to be a part of Sapper that, sexual oh, assault prevention and response. Word. It's Sick. a great program and they hire experts to do training. And so like, we're trying to get better, but it's not the Marine Corps yeah. fault that it's in our kind of an archaic institution that is always lagging a little bit behind society. Um, right. Our main function is to fight and win wars. It, right. It's hard to find, to reconcile that with also, you know, <laughs> incorporating all these other things. But I think the right people have started to realize that uh, the best way for an organization like ours to remain as lethal as it possibly can be, which is the function of the Marine Corps is, is to be, you know, lethal. Uh, we need to have things like the sexual assault prevention response program. Um, and uh, the, the leaders in the Marine Corps do a great job of, of emphasizing that it's important. So it's just up to us to educate more and more Marines and make the culture uh, more the norm that like people believe victims of sexual assault and they don't, you know, spread rumors and things like that. But, right. Yeah. That's sick that that does exist. And that's sick that you're a part of it. That's really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Are, are there any, hmm. let me think of how to say this. I don't know. I'm a cis guy. And, but just as like a, you know, person with friends with various gender identities and just like knowing some non-binary and sure. Um, sure. trans people yeah. uh, and yeah. like following the news and stuff like that of trans military bands and then yeah. reverses yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that, yeah. have you come into, has, have there been any of your like colleagues or Marines that were not allowed to serve or like? Not personally. I didn't, I didn't know any. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was, that was one of the, that was really a bummer, uh, that <laughs> a bummer is an understatement, <laughs> but, uh, that that day that the that the Trump administration announced that uh that the transgender ban, I was uh personally I was, I was like obviously it was very like very sad because it's yeah. like you know that's it's the most the most uh, powerful image I saw was a, was a picture of you know three caskets uh, all draped with an American you know American flag draped over all three you know so that's that's the way that we decorate fallen men and women who have or you know men, women, non-binary, who, you know, service members, right. Um, who have fallen on a, on a foreign shore. Right. Um, and they're, you know, like I said, they're just three caskets, each one draped with an American flag. And it's like the, the, the question at the bottom, the caption was which one is trans. Right. 
It's yeah. like, it's just, it's absurd, you know, to me, the idea that that was a, a thing for, for any period of time that you know, trans people couldn't serve in the military. I think it's absurd that don't ask, don't tell was a policy. Um, you know, I definitely do know some uh, out gay and lesbian Marines. And, you know, I think it's ridiculous that the idea that we could have been good leaders of Marines without knowing our Marines, you know, I, I who, who you choose to love is a pretty significant part of not who you choose. I'm sorry. That's by no means is that what I believe at all, that it's a choice. Um, who you love uh, is a massive uh, part of your identity. Like it's huge. And if, as leaders of Marines, like the idea that we could be good leaders of Marines and know our Marines, if we didn't know um, who they loved um, and you know, what, what they, you know, how they identified that is absurd. So those policies were archaic and terrible. Um, and um, I'm glad that they're not in place anymore, but no, I didn't personally come into come into contact with any um, trans trans Marines who were like DQ'd from serving, um, but I knew people who did. I knew people who knew people. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just like glad to hear that there are like people like yourself that are um, that feel that way and are thinking that way that are uh, a part of these institutions. You know. Uh, yeah. There's more of us than you would think. It is still like you know the military is a fairly conservative place, but Right. It's yeah, yeah. Word. Yeah. Yeah, that's sick. Um do you remember did you ever do debate class in uh yeah. fucking middle school? At Pegasus, yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I just remember being in like debate and then having to do a debate in like front of maybe the whole middle school, I don't know, about like should women be allowed in the military? <laughs> and being twelve. And having to be on the like opposing side and like come up with counter. That was terrible. What was our school thinking at the time? Like, I don't fucking know, dude. I remember I, that though. Yeah. I mean, you know, society, Orange County, the you know the world at large. But it is just like absurd to. Sorry, my shit stopped recording oh, for a good. second, but I fixed it. Um. It is just like wild to flash back on things like that when we're just like, okay, yeah, let's have these kids <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take up both sides of this argument and we'll present them both as equally valid. <laughs> it's very, very strange. That's where that's where the problem started is when these kids who are like, well, my opinion is as valid as your opinion. It's like, yeah, but not if your opinion is about how people shouldn't like get to exist kind of like you know like, or yeah. like get to have freedom like like that opinion is not so valid okay like yeah i yeah man i want to hear about uh this piano that's behind you oh yeah man tell me about this piano you have an upright <laughs> piano in your room i'm jealous i wish i had an upright piano in my room I do. Yeah. Oh, it is my it is my prized possession. Yeah. I think yeah, we were talking How about How long before. have you had it? Not long, like a year. About one year. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got it. It was like this room was very like sparse before. And then the piano sort of tied the tied the room together. Um but yeah, I was pretty lucky. I was at uh I was driving through Carlsbad one day and I was with my my friend who I live with and we saw this stores at artistic pianos we we're like oh we gotta go there sometime and we went like a couple months later and i was in the market for a upright piano because i wanted to have a piano in my room and i was planning on buying like a used you know um just like whatever just like used upright and i was playing them and yeah. there's a lot more like 
pretty out of tune, like missing some keys and like not not really awesome. And he right. guy walks me over to like the newer, you know, like uprights, and he's like, he was actually an absolute chiller. He's like, well, <clears throat> I can tell you're, you know, you're you really want this piano, you uh, you're a service member. I'll knock like he he knocked like fifteen hundred bucks off the price, like to give me this piano, like. The dude mm. was the dude was the man. I still feel quite lucky and indebted That's to it. him for that. So mm. I got really really lucky and like yeah. that fucking rips. I think I, I think awesome. you sent me a voice memo of you playing it and singing some of your songs. Yeah, and I remember thinking as soon as I like heard it just through the iPhone mic, I was like, that piano sounds fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good piano, man. It's a good piano. Yeah, I, I, it's nice. got some. Um, it's got that uh, that function where you can slide the um, the the center pedal down to the left so that it mutes. Um, okay, some, some cool you know sounds. What? I have a degree in music. I never knew what that middle pedal did do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning here today. Yeah, what does that I do? So it, so it so it mutes it a little bit, like. Yeah, so I mean, the like, well, the actual function of like the middle pedal on a piano is like the moderate staccato right or whatever the term is i don't yeah i don't don't know and i that's sure like i wish i wish that i knew i'm embarrassed that i don't know moderate staccato the one all the way to the right is the sustain which is the only one i know how to use and then the ones in the middle and on the left are are varying amounts of of staccato if staccato means like like shorter shortening the note yeah right but okay. if you on sure. this piano if you slide the center pedal down and then it can catch to the left it'll stay there oh that mutes the whole thing yeah so oh. it's like yeah this is you know like that's like a normal right you know thing but let me, yeah i'm gonna commit I'm gonna this go is it. what i want yes <laughs> this is like the it's that muted oh that's what we love. Yeah. So I get a lot of targeted ads on Instagram for like muted. I bought like one muted piano software synthesizer or like software instrument. Yeah. Um, and now I get so many ads for like, <laughs> there are so many like soft felt piano software <laughs> instruments out there. That's awesome. And that sounds better than all of them. That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I definitely, yeah. The upright piano is like, it's, uh, it's the emotion portal. It's the, uh, it's the portal yeah. to another universe. Yeah. Do you write on there more than you write on the guitar? I don't think so. I think I write more on guitar still because I think I, I know Where? more on the guitar still. But I do love playing the piano. I think I actually like playing the piano more. But yeah. I, am, but I am better at the guitar. <laughs> that fucking yeah. rips. What about you? Oh, you write I- mostly on guitar. Mostly on guitar. Yeah. yeah. I try, I mean, it, it's really nice to get on the piano. Um, I remember it, like, it, especially when I, like, knew less about the piano, it was nice to, or I guess it's just nice to switch instruments because you get into little ruts, you know, or, like, yeah, you just do your same kind of moves. Yeah. And so it's nice to, like, be forced to think from, like, a different angle or something like that. And sure. that's nice. Totally. But then now I just have, like, different piano moves. And like they're not that good, but I just mean like I find myself like repeating ideas a lot. Um, yeah, but I, it's I, I it's the guitar for me at the end of the day. It's a I terrible had, prison. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I hate the guitar. 
I'm curious. My last military question um, is: Do you are there are there things that you think I spend most of my time around artist people mm-hmm. and just like you know people that are very far removed from uh, that experience right. and. I think I'm curious, like if as a as someone who's inside the military, are there ways in which you think the public and, and civilians think about the military or think about what it's like inside the military that are like misconceptions? That's a good question, man. Um, I think I think uh, I think one is that's. A misconception is the idea that uh that we like don't want to go like you know people find out that a marine that they know is being deployed and they're like oh my god okay wow uh we've been preparing for this we're very sad about it it's like it's a bad thing but it's not it's actually a good thing um i'm not advocating like for violence or for war like war is a bad thing and um and like you know peace is a good thing but especially right now in a, in an era of, of relative peace, like it's actually great for Marines to go and get deployed because that means that they're going to go do their job. Like as an intelligence officer, especially in like uh, in charge of intelligence Marines, you know, we have various deployments that are just like standing things that are rotating and they, they go out, you know, the Marine expeditionary unit, like that's, you know, where Marines go out on ships and they float around the world and they're basically like our, force in readiness right in the event of some kind of crisis those muse are there to respond immediately before we can flow more forces in and um they're doing various things and especially doing um intelligence uh you know like the best way to learn your job and get better at your job as an intelligence marine is to go do intelligence operations somewhere forward um so it's like getting deployed is like a good thing you know it's like going to do your job is a good thing and it's great life experience and it's why they join um the worst thing is when a marine Mm. gets you know joins the marine corps because they wanted to see adventure and serve their country and do great things you know like in the name of you know the oath that they swore right which is like a noble thing to do uh and then they get disillusioned because there's no deployments and they're just sitting at camp pendleton doing nothing for four years you know that's like bad so i think that's a misconception is that like marines don't want to deploy or that marines that it's a bad thing when marines get deployed you know Mm. war like i said i'm not saying war is a good thing or anybody wants to go uh be in a firefight i haven't been in one myself so i couldn't say whether it's fun or not but i've heard it's not very fun um yeah so that's one that's one misconception Yeah. Do you ever write songs or have you ever like been inspired to write music about experiences that are specific to that part of your life, the military part of your life? I don't think so. I don't think I have. I'm like, I'm about 98% sure I'm trying I'm, it's possible I'm missing something, but yeah, I'm like, I'm like 98% sure that that's, that I've never I never have. Yeah, which is interesting, Word. but it's it shows you I'm how just separate curious. separate they are in my mind, yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting, man. Yeah. Um, where's your head at musically these days? Um, yeah, I mean, uh I've been super lucky. I my best friend who I live with, uh Norris, he's a he's a talented drummer. Um, and so we get to play together all the time and uh couple guys that we also went yes. to middle school with Parthiv and Bobby we were talking about uh, we've been playing music with them we've been Heck kind of yeah. formed a formed a band at this point and we were working on some originals got about like 
got like 12 or 13 originals that we're working through right now, trying to get a record that's recorded. That's sick. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Does the no, project have a name? The the out the record does not have a name right now, but the the group uh, we are called E Paulo. The E being the Spanish Y. Um, yeah. So y Paulo. New word. Yeah, and Paulo. Yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> yeah. How'd that come about? I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> I, have, I think we were drunk. I think we yeah. were drink. Like we were drinking, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's never just him. It's never just Paulo. It's uh, it's <laughs> that rocks. Friendship, songs, recordings. Yeah, it's 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 I have nothing want. nothing to complain about on my end, man. Yeah. What about you? That What's rips. going on with the Noah Darlings? We are have been like pretty much. Uh, we have not been in the same room for a year. Damn. Um, quarantine and yeah. uh, there's some people with like immunocompromised mm-hmm. people in their mm-hmm. family. So we've been gotcha. we've been separated and it's been hard it's been sad because (laughs) they're my best friends and it's my favorite thing to do yeah and we haven't been able to play shows in in over a year and it's like i I get very sad when i think about it i'm sorry Um, to bring it up (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry that i brought it up shit no i appreciate you letting me talk about it um and it's it's just yeah it's just a weird thing i mean there are so many greater tragedies in this Pandemic, but (laughs) I do miss uh, doing my favorite thing with my buds. Um, I hear you. So it's basically been like I just been making a solo record for the last year. It's pretty much the last thing. How's that? How's how's it vibing? It's going good, man. Um, It's like basically with the Nova Darlings, we like have been working on stuff over the internet just a little bit at a time, and we're just starting to kind of like work on one recording, and and we're kind of moving through one. Uh, thing at a time and so it's it's a very different it's like a different process for us like we're used to being in the same room and yep arranging songs and writing songs that way which is yep. like my, one of my favorite things to do and i haven't gotten to do that in a really long time yeah but also like trying to embrace the limitation and be like okay well maybe we can you know we all have little bedroom setups and so we're trying to like lean into that and i live with the drummer my friend carter um and we have a, a lockout space that we go to and so we were able to like record some drums and it was really fun and sweet anyways but it was like <laughs> so it's really and basically we like had a call last night and we were like editing these drums together um virtually and it was like so fun like my day job is uh like teaching music lessons to kids mm-hmm. and i will tr- be trying to explain like a musical concept and not a lot of times I'm not doing a great job of it because <laughs> I'm like this is how it makes sense to me specifically in my brain yeah and you're eight <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm confusing and bumming you out and I can see it in your eyes <laughs> and so but it was and like last night we were working on a song and it was just like so fun because I forgot like how long we've spent on like building a common language together yeah and like just being able to like immediately communicate about this song and the parts and stuff and i was just like so basically working on this record by myself mostly by myself has been really challenging and rewarding like it's i'm just like really in my head about it i'm trying to like get more feedback on it and remember that that is like a helpful thing and it's like available to me and that there are like people that will listen to shit and give me their thoughts which is awesome 
And I really miss collaborating on shit with people because it takes a lot of the self-consciousness out of it when your friend does something sick and you can just be like, that's sick, moving on. <laughs> Rather than like, did I, did I, am I good, am I bad, am I worth, I don't know. So collaborating is sick because you get a lot more feedback and you can encourage each other. And I miss true. that a lot. That's so um, true, dude. But it also is really nice to be able to sit quietly with something and mm. not have to justify it or argue for it and just get to yeah. like be patient with it until it, takes shape um, totally so I miss my band but I'm also happy that I've been making this record and I'm almost done um, I can't wait to hear it man I, I, gosh I can't wait thanks dude likewise with your shit and this is the question that I ask everybody on this podcast that I'm starting and it's, it's a new segment but it's a regular thing and it's what you've been fucking with <laughs> is this do I take that question however I want or is it music specific just in general, whatever this question means to you, what you been fucking with? Oh, man. Do you want to know, actually? I've been fucking with broccoli. Broccoli! Tell me about broccoli. How are you making this broccoli? There's no complexity to it at all. There's no special. It is, I heat up the water. Steamed? And I boiled? Dump, steam it. Steam it. Word. Uh, I steam just it. dump. Dump the broccoli in, and I steam it. And I and once it once it's bubbly, I dump it out, and I eat it. Word, raw, straight up, salt, sauce. Uh, no, 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 no. Sometimes, if I'm getting real sick of it, which is often, I will put some tomato sauce on there. But yeah, just Word. broccoli in general. I I went through all just of college. Straight to the broccoli. No olive oil. No, 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 no. I mean, I'll do like if I cook my my like chicken or whatever in olive oil for sure. But uh, or like or, whatever, chicken or turkey or whatever. But so like, straight up, that's sick. Yeah, that's 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 sick. I did not eat vegetables in college. Like I went through pretty much all of college without eating a vegetable. I think. Or, and now that I'm an adult, I feel like I need some vegetables. And yeah, it's, they make you feel good. They make you feel better. It's fucked up. It's, I did a vegetarian. Unfair. She made me some vegetables, and I was like, "Oh, I don't feel like trash after lunch." What? <laughs> this I don't need a nap right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I'm very much that same way. I love that straight up steamed broccoli. That's sick. Oh, I yeah. gotta get, I gotta get back into broccoli. I've been neglecting broccoli. You do. People do, and broccoli will still be there for you anyway. They're, they're easy <sighs> like that. Shout out to broccoli. What else you been fucking with? You know, I briefly was fucking with chess after the whole okay. Queen, Queen's Gambit Netflix craze during the winter, uh, during the you know the holiday period. Yeah, so I like chess. Nice. Uh, it makes me it makes me feel acutely aware of uh, how not smart I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it makes, which is a nice feeling. Um, but chess, yeah, definitely. You play the computer. Chess. You play people in your life. Uh, I like to play people in person. Yeah, it's more fun. Right. Who I you think. play with? So I was playing with a friend at work, actually. He had a chessboard at his desk. I would go take breaks and just play with him at his desk. Yeah. yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Does the military yeah. get, you guys get vaccines before? We do, else? and it's not really fair. It's really not fair, but we did. I got both. No, of them. that was, I, got both I was doses. hoping that yeah. that was sick. Because we're, we're considered essential, apparently. No, of course. Um, yeah. So, I was curious yeah. how that factored into the timeline. I feel like that's the conversation I'm having with people in my life right now. Yeah. 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 Um, no, so that, yeah, I've, that's I've been good. super that lucky. Sense. Yeah. I've gotten both doses of the Pfizer. So, and, uh, I got, you know, um, I have a fourth, uh, well, 
I guess it's a fifth uh, limb, a fifth limb now. Oh, um, but from the from the vaccine, yeah. But you know, okay. what, six, how six, much six. can you ask for out of a vaccine? Yeah. It doesn't. I won't get COVID. Extra limb. So you got to sew another sleeve on your shirt. Big deal. People are just want to complain about anything. You know, that's. <laughs> <laughs> word, word, word. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you've been fucking with? I didn't mean to interrupt that, but I'm, I'm glad no, you've been no. vaccinated. That's, that's pretty much everything. That, those are the main new things. Nice. From, broccoli you know, and chess. That's yep. sick. And, nice. and, and broccoli chess as well. Broccoli chess. That could be that, the name of our, our side project that we start. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds perfect. I feel like middle school us would be very excited and proud of that. I think you're right. Dude, also the fact that we went to middle school and it was called Pegasus. <laughs> you ever think about that? It's where bright minds learn to soar. It's where that bright is. minds soar. It's just so cool. A mythological beast. Like, imagine if you went to Centaur Academy. <laughs> Centaur Academy, the Unicorn Conservatory. That's you know? right. This yeah. <laughs> it's a very fun template. <laughs> <laughs> Possibilities are really endless. Dude, Jack, you rock, dude. It's really good to talk to you. I appreciate you sharing your, your thoughts and experiences and just letting me ask you all these questions. And I apologize if any of them were ignorant or dumb. Absolutely not, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's been so Where fun. Where can people find your music? I know you, you've made two yeah. records with Snack. They're available yes. everywhere. They are available everywhere. Apple Music and Spotify, Turtle Party that... and the Amphibious After Show. Incredible. Yeah. Is that the yeah. best place for people to get them? Yeah, I mean, they're so Apple Music, Spotify, like YouTube. I think you can download them for free on YouTube. They're free everywhere, but Word. I mean, uh, you can do uh, SoundCloud too, um, Bandcamp, I think. Like, literally, it, we did like that package on whatever that website, CD Baby, you know, where you can yeah. make it available everywhere for free. So, Word. yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Snack. Check it out. Any, any, any other recommendations? We got broccoli. We got broccoli. chess. Chess. We have Snack. your music. Yeah. Um, hmm. like the Marines on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, donate to the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation. Um, that sounds like a, a righteous as, as a worthwhile uh, nonprofit. But no, man, Word. just thank you again for having me. Really appreciate it. I love this of podcast. Course, I listen religiously. I, oh I hell it. yeah! Yeah, sick, dude. It was, it's an honor to talk to you, man. And uh, too, hope man. to talk to you real soon. Absolutely. And, uh, Nice. Thanks for being on my show, man. Bye, Jack. See you, buddy. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad.